Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you walked in joining us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM, WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could join us as well. I know you guys are already putting together your summer reading list. I have a great guest that's dropping by for this next segment. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this conversation and her new book. We're excited to welcome Mary Kathleen Mahurin to our broadcast. She's the author of the new book. It's called The Belong. We're going to talk to Mary Kathleen not only about the writing of the book, but what it was like for her to craft these characters, put them in situations I think that kind of make us think about what we would do in a similar situation, but also what we can get on the other side of any challenge that we face. Mary Kathleen, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Silas. Thanks for having me this morning. Glad to do it. So first of all, congratulations to you on the book. I know it just came out this month, but what has it been like for you to be able to see the way the readers are already responding to it? I'm I'm very happy, you know, writing a novel or any book, because I, I write nonfiction as well, it's thousands of hours, and, and they're lonely hours that you have no idea w- what the reaction's going to be. <laughs> but this is my third novel, and um, I've worked very hard to learn more about writing, and honestly, the reaction is way beyond my expectations. The, the reviews have been fantastic so thank you for asking that it's it uh, makes it all worth it in the end this is an interesting book for me uh, Mary Kathleen when I was reading it the thing I thought about the most was how there are of course the the literal storms that the characters deal with and we here in the south they've been dealing with our own so we can definitely relate to that but I think also there are the storms that all of us that life brings and it really the book I think really takes us into Holly's journey of what you do on the other side, but also what it's like to be able to pick up the pieces. How much was that metaphor kind of a part of your writing the longer? Oh, very very much so. I, I'm sort of a believer that change and even tragedy are inevitable. And you're going to change from it. But whether it's for the good or bad is really up to you. And those are moment-by-moment decisions. You know, I love that old expression, just do the next right thing, and eventually it's going to all work out. Um, But, you know, what you're saying also translates to the title of The Belonger. Uh, My my husband and I and our oldest son bought a little house on Grand Turk Island where this is set. Um, We did it. It was the only thing we could afford to get into. And we knew the island was going to be improved. There was an action plan coming on board. So we bought this little wood house, and it blew down in hurricanes. Irma and Maria, that's a whole other story I'll tell you in a minute. But going traveling to the island a lot, there was, in customs, there was one special row of people that were belongers, belongers only. And I didn't really understand what that meant to the British West Indies yet. So I was thinking of it as a theme. What does it mean to belong? Right? So that's what it, it kind of started me thinking. 
Wow. And and I think I love the fact that with Holly, Holly is a character that is relatable. And even there's this part of the book, I made a note of it, Mary Kathleen, where, you know, as it's kind of obvious that something may be brewing, uh, you know, she, she has this thought, what kind of havoc will happen here? And, of course, she soon finds out. And I think that's just part of the thing for for us as well. Do you find – you mentioned something interesting I wanted to go back to as I ask you this next question. And you said, you know, about being able to really uh, be able to get into the craft of writing. Did you start off with the what-if question with this, or did the characters come to you first? The characters came to me first, and they they came to me um, when our – well, I'll tell, should I tell the tale of how our house – blew away sure sure um, sure because it relates to the book entirely okay. so this little wood house uh we had been there one time we'd, we'd purchased it and now that i know we have a lot of hurricanes all the time now but we're going back to 2017 and 18 um it, these were historic storms hurricane irma was a cat five it was the first one that ever went the eye went right over our little house and that's the first time that it happened in recorded history on Grand Turk Island. I wanted to go down. You know, being an American, I really don't trust insurance companies very well. And I just told my – I have three grown sons. I, I told my sons, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to get in there somehow because there was no communication with the outside world. There was no Internet, no cell phone service. There was nothing. And I'm telling my boys that I'm going to fly to Providencialis and find a way to get on island so I can deal with my insurance agent. It was quite a scene, I must say. <laughs> and it was the first time that my sons ever stood up to me and told me what to do. They, they were worried about looting and even would I have drinkable water. Um, mm. So what they did was they gathered survival equipment together and together – they flew to Providencialis, and they did find a way to get onto Grand Turk. However, none of us realized that there was another Cat 5 storm right behind it. And so my children, it's hard for me to talk about without crying. My children were stuck there, um, and my friends, of course. It's, it's a very small community. We care about many people there. Right. Um, we didn't know for days if anybody had died. The miracle of it, really, is that the shelters were good enough and volunteers were helpful enough that nobody died, which, you know, of course, my sons, that was a huge relief, but we also have many undocumented workers that live in not very sturdy buildings. So I, I, the relief, you can imagine, I didn't care about losing my house because all of them had lived. Right. But going down now, this is where we come to the characters. I had to stay in a bungalow because we didn't have a house. And in this bungalow, I began – it was right across the street from our favorite bar, to be honest. It's a uh, beach bar and restaurant. And people began to tell their stories about one young man had to tie his mother to a refrigerator so that she wouldn't blow away. You know, these, wow. these were the stories that were so powerful. And I began to look at the community in it with different eyes. Like there is a type of woman who comes to Grand Turk, usually beautiful, independent, 
starts their own business, um, formidable women, you know, and that's where Holly comes from. She's an amalgam of several people I know there. Um, Anthony Bascom, we, ha- we have a friend who is the seventh generation on island who, you know, started the book off and running when one night over a glass of wine he said to me, well, just forgive me for, you know, my faux pas. I'm descended from pirates. So, you know, there's an idea. You've got seven generations, the original one coming as a pirate. Um, It it took – it came together pretty fast after these conversations, and I just kept collecting what they were telling me. Something comes to mind, Mary Kathleen, as you were talking there. Two things. One, uh, as, as Holly realizes that even in a beautiful place, ugly things can happen, and I think that's an interesting metaphor, even for what she's experienced in life with, you know, her own relationships. We'll say it that way. Um, how something that seems so beautiful can can go wrong, but also how how wrong we can be to judge others. Because as you were talking about Lord Anthony, I think the interesting thing is we see how that, and I won't spoil it for those who haven't read the book, but we see how even her perception of him changes, right? Talk to mm-hmm. us about that, because I think that is an interesting thing for us, Mary Kathleen, in the world we live in. We all have heard that saying, all that glitters is not gold. And a lot of times when we look at a place, whether we're talking about geographically or we look at an attractive individual, and we have an idea who they are, they don't always turn out to be that way. What was it like for you to kind of play with Holly and Lord Anthony about how their relationship, their interactions with each other began and how it was able to evolve? Well, I'm going to confess I actually haven't said this to anybody, but nobody asked me this question. That part of Holly is all me. I am very prone to snap judgments, and I'm really stubborn about it. I can form opinions very quickly, and I cling to them. And it's only through time and evidence that I'm worn worn down. Um, I've noticed often the more I know someone, the more I like them and the more, the more I appreciate them. So it was really, you know, uh, Anthony, Lord Anthony Bascom, it's his sort of beach bum persona. He grew up on island. He's a bit of a wild man. He drinks too much. Women love him, and that's just enough to turn Holly off until she gets to know him better. Yeah, and realize how valuable he can be in a sticky situation, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know I'm- I mean, he I think that's the grew, other he grew side up of it. with hurricanes. He knows what to yeah. do. Yeah. Such a great thing. I want to talk about the last thing here I want to talk about, Mary Kathleen, is appreciation. Because we see that in one thing we have not really talked about, and I appreciate you sharing about your own sons. We see how with, with Byron, with with Holly's son, you know, the idea of what truly matters, right? And we and we kind of see that even as, as the book kind of goes through how it becomes very clear to Holly what really is important. What was that was that difficult for you to share her own relationship with her son and the thought of what could have been to to lose him? Oh my god. Right. Yes, it was real well, you know, the days that I didn't wear my son for. I mean, I all I did was cry. Because yeah. you can't imagine that life could go on. And you know, I have been a single mother in my my time. Um, Holly 
she was, as much as Montez tried to help as best he could from afar, she was responsible for him entirely. And that's very bonding. I think any of the listeners who uh, were raised by single moms would say that. I mean, that's a very special relationship. So for her, it was particularly painful. But thanks for what he did live. Yeah, and I think that is the the great thing, too. And I think the other great thing about this book is that even as we go through a little storm, Mary Kathleen, or go through a figurative storm in our lives, that there can be life on the other side, but we have to choose to make it. And that is what I love about what Holly was able to do, even after the devastation, able to be able to bring people together. And we see it, of course, in our own lives when we go through things. I, I do think you know the whole idea of a happy ending, I think that's relative. But was this an ending that you saw, or was it an ending that evolved as the characters kind of took shape? It, it's an ending as, as the characters took shape. I, I think in the end her greatest victory is to realize that she created the home. She created it. It was very important to have her son as part of that. But she really, you know, she was not waiting around for a partner to define what home is because she already figured that out. Such a powerful thing and such a great reminder, I think, for all of us as well. Again, a great book to be able to read this summer as you're making your list. Again, The Belonger by Mary Kathleen Mahorin. It's available, of course, through our friends at Amazon.com. Of course, you can also get it through your favorite bookstore, published by one of our favorite publishers, of course, that being Spark Press as well. Mary Kathleen, really enjoyed this time with you. How can our audience stay connected with you? Oh, I have a website, MaryKathleenMahorin.com. And I would love to hear from you. I love to hear from readers. And even if we're talking about other books and corresponding, it's really fun. So please reach out. All right. Well, congratulations to you. Really appreciate the time and looking forward to our next chat together. Thank you so much. Take care now. And you as well. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Thank you as always. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. And let's go make today amazing. Take care. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.